Hello, hockey fans. Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa, and we've got a great show again for you this week. We've got lots of news out of the Vegas Gold Knights camp. Um, later on in the show, Chris Wassel is going to join us and, and break down a little bit of the New Jersey Devils for us. Uh, look at Look at where they're headed in the rest of the season. So hold tight. Chris and I will be right back. All right, Golden Knight fans, Chris and I are here. We're here for you Saturday morning, 11 Pacific, 1 Eastern, as always in our same bad time. Chris, good day to you, sir. Welcome to the show once again. How we doing there, buddy? Yeah, I guess we have um, uh, an interesting trade from the from the Golden Knights. So why don't you uh, break it down and we'll dive in. Well, yeah, other, there was other good news out of Vegas yesterday as well. We got snow. So. Oh, wow. Snow, we got rain. Snow in Las Vegas. You got rain. We got snow. Global warming, right? All Vegas right. is, is yeah. cold, cold with snow, and, and New York's getting rain in the spring. So who knows what the heck's going on with all that. But anyway, yeah, we got a uh, the first trade uh, here for the Knights headed towards the deadline. I kind of think there's maybe one more coming, but – uh, some much-needed physicality coming to the Golden Knights for really nothing. Uh, prospect Tobias Lindstrom, uh, and we the, the reason Vegas got into the deal was to eat a little bit of cap space for for Sard. So, um, yeah, they they ate some cap space and traded out a prospect and picked up a fourth-round pick, which is you know a piece. And then Ryan Reeves yeah. joins the Golden Knights. Um, one thing. You know, Pittsburgh gets better offensively, but I kind of think that, you know, Crosby's going to have his head on his swivel for the rest of the season because, um, you know, people people cheap shot him in the past, and, and you know Ryan Reese is on that roster to, you know, police that. And I, I, as as good offensively as the Penguins are and probably just got a little bit better, uh, it might make for a little bit of, of uncomfortableness there in Sidney Crosby and, and the other guys without him on the roster. So the the one thing that most people kind of thought that Vegas needed to add at the deadline was a little grit and a little bit of uh, physicality up front, if you will. Uh, Reeves certainly fits that bill. Uh, played for Kelly McCrimmon in Toronto for three years. So he's well-known. Uh, McCrimmon was his coach. So he's well known to the staff and, and how he is and, and what he brings in the room. And they're not going to make any moves that are going to upset the apple cart. So, it's, you know, probably signed off on as how he would fit in the room and, and be with the guys. And it's interesting kind of what you do with the lineup now. Uh, Gallant's going to have a lot of options uh, once once Carrier and Belmar are healthy again. He's going to have, you know, he's going to have options. He's going to have some things he can work with. It, it really um, I, I really like the trade for the Golden Knights. Yeah, we'll get into the pens and the sends in the next segment. We'll go around the NHL. Um, in terms of the Knights, yeah, I mean, they're picking up $2 million, I believe, of the of the Broussard cap hit, which really doesn't it's not mean a whole, whole of a lot uh, this season where their cap's at. It's really about next season. And, you know, keep in mind, 
Michael Grabowski, which they've been carrying part of that expansion trade with the Islanders. He comes off the books after this season for exactly. five million, and Jason and Jason Garrison uh, will be on the books next year for four point one million. So uh, obviously, they they feel very comfortable with their cap. So uh, they traded uh, the kid that they traded is kind of a secondary prospect. So. No harm, no foul there. Uh, you mentioned it, sir. Kudos yep. to you on last week's show about the physicality. They get a guy in Reeves who, you know, he, I mean, he's not a big goal scorer or anything, but he's a guy who's not just a tough guy. He can play, he brings physicality, uh, and they sure. take a fourth-round pick. So we met, we've met. we talked about how they don't have a third-round pick in the draft, so now they have, yeah, yeah, so now they have two fours. So that's, you know, so, you know, in terms of the big picture as well. So, you know, they're in first place by 10 points. Um, I 12. think if McPhee does any – oh, 12 now. Excuse me. That's right. They won last night. In the division. Uh, so, yep. And yeah. San Jose lost. So, so uh, 12 points in the division, three points in the West, and one point overall. So. There you go. So, uh, I, I, I'm i with you. If there's another – I mean, I'd be surprised. If there's another move by the Knights, I think it's more of the – depth variety, and to be quite honest, and we'll get this into this in the next segment, it's not like a long list of, you know, high-quality guys that, I, uh, that are, unless there's some surprises, that, that are, are in the definite move category and then the maybe category. So I think it's 50-50 if he picks up another depth piece, but like you st- stated, uh, there's they have a lot of depth. Uh, maybe, maybe a defenseman. You know, not no, no one sexy, but injuries do happen in the playoffs. So, you know, if you can get an able body to be kind of that seventh defenseman, a uh, veteran who's got some playoff hockey, be their seventh defenseman kind of thing. If an injury creeps up, um, now, are you talking for the for Knights or just other teams in general? For the for the Knights, for the Knights. For the, for the Knights. Uh, I, I think their I'm seventh just defenseman. To, I think. I think their seventh division is Jason Garrison for the rest of the season. All right, well smooth. then, yeah, that's true. Because yeah, Spisa just came back. I think you right. could. So, and I think I think the yeah. two kids that they have up right now, uh, replacing Belmar and Carrier uh, while they're injured, uh, Tomas Hika scored his first goal last night, and he's a speedy little guy who looked really good to me in camp, and has scored uh, scored not prolifically, but has proven to have an offensive touch as he, as he played in the Swedish Elite League. So if they feel they can, uh, you know, it depends on who they're playing. They could put Hika in and, and sit a Carrier or a Lindbergh uh, to bring a little more speed in if they need the physicality. They can go with a, a Carrier, Belmar, Reeves, fourth line, and you could move Nosek up to center a third line of Alex Tuck and Tomas Hika. Um, it, 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 does give Gallant a lot of options. Um, I think, I, just for me, I think they're probably good on defense unless they move Jason Garrison or one of the other guys they have in Chicago for for a third or, or a fourth and, and kind of load up in that middle portion of next year's draft and maybe looking, you know, for just a touch more shoring on the, the depth end of the forwards. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Golden Knights stand pat from here on out. I, I got to think bringing Reeves in, maybe maybe someone with a little more offensive touch that still brings a, a physicality if, if there's a deal to be made. But I really would be, wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, that was it, if, if that was going to yeah, be well, it. Yeah, actually, nice, you know what, sir? You, you, I think you just convinced me that unless 
uh, a deal comes up that's just too good to pass up kind of situation, uh, I don't think they are, are going to make a move. They have depth at four. They have depth in goal. Um, like you said, right now, I know Spies has been hurt a lot this year. He's back. So I want, you know, unless, you know, unless like, as you know, uh, teams, you know, always have a feel of their players, how they're playing a little banged up or this, that, and the other. So unless they know something like on defense, they're a little bit worried about a guy or two. And even though they're seven deep, you know, they wouldn't mind getting another guy kind of situation. So, which we're not privy to, but. On paper, well, Merrill did just uh, come off. Merrill just came off the injured list. You know, John Merrill's been out for a while. He's played the last couple of games. Yeah. They could, if, if something happens, they can bring Brad Hunt into the lineup, and they don't miss a beat with Brad Hunt. He, he's a slick skating, uh, slick skating defenseman who can move the puck and and uh, play the power play when he's in the lineup. So they're very they're very versatile with the options they have. If uh, and you know if they want Much to better. bang a little bit and and add uh, you know they, once once the the playoffs start and the rosters open up a little bit and you're not restricted on how many you get um, you know Garrison will be available if they feel they need to get a little more physical and and you could go Garrison on defense instead of uh, Merrill or Hunt you know there there's uh, there's a lot of versatility there. No, I got there. I'm right. Okay, yeah, you're breaking up just a, a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it will be interesting to see how they move forward, or if they do anything. But yeah, I, I think you convinced me. Like I said, unless someone really falls in their lap and they're like, "We got to do this." Um, so anyway, let's. Uh, we're gonna have Chris Wassel on in, in 20 minutes, but let's let's dive a bit into around the NHL and. Since we started, you know, the deadline is Monday afternoon, I believe. It's either at 3 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern. I forget which one, but, um, I, I but Monday three. afternoon, Eastern. Okay, 3 o'clock, okay. Um, so let's look at this. We start, We talked about it from the Vegas standpoint. I'll kick it off. You know, from the Pens, they, they do give up some uh, physicality and Reeves. They, they've been trying since the end of, off season, end of last offseason to get that third-line center since they lost Nick Benino due to uh, the cap crunch for them uh, to Nashville. So Derek Broussard will fit really well into that. You know, he's play, he's got playoff experience under his belt, both with the Rangers and with Ottawa last year. He's a good player. Um, he will help them. It also shows you by, you know, they this wasn't a cheap get uh, for the Penguins. No, uh, they gave up. They gave up uh, this year's one. Now, granted, that'll be, you know, later in the, you know, bottom 10 pick in the first round. They gave up this year's one. They gave up a, a very good goalie prospect in uh, Kid Gustafson. And they give, gave up Ian Cole. Um, so, they, you know, I know he's been on right. the overmill all year, but uh, they lose some depth on defense there. And from an Ottawa perspective, I, I think this is a home home run from this standpoint. Uh, Broussard's only signed through next season. Uh, I actually, in yesterday's morning notes, putting together the show's this week's outline, I was like, is Ottawa, is there going to be anything coming from Ottawa? And then this trade happened. Um, so this, we'll, we'll get into that after this, after break, uh, after this point. But um, uh, they, they get a first. They get a goalie prospect. They, you know, Condon and, and uh, Anderson. So, or not exactly, uh, you know, there's room for 
uh, a future goalie uh, in this organization. And they get Ian Cole. They're going to flip. They're going to flip uh, between now and the deadline. And I can tell you right now, they're going to get at least a two and a three for him. Uh, I'd be surprised if they don't get at least that. So uh, when you add it all up, I think they're going to wind up getting three picks and a good prospect for Broussard, who's only signed through next year. Um, so that's that's uh, that's a good deal for them. So, so I I think all three teams should be pretty happy what they accomplished uh, in this deal. Well, when you look back at what Ottawa did in the Duchesne deal, um, and and um, this kind of rebuilds that that pipeline for them a little bit too going forward. So. Not not yeah. bad on their part at all. And it will be interesting to see if if they have more up their sleeve between now and Monday. I mean, you know, you've seen in uh, in you, Ramil about basically yeah. all their, all their different players, starting with Eric Call says, um, "I gotta believe it to see to see it." I think those kind of trades, yeah, will probably make make more sense in the off season. But you never know. Maybe someone if will really all. step up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Carlson's going to get moved in the off season, uh, but uh, I'll save that for a later date. But uh, uh, I, again, you know, for a guy like Carlson, for instance, they're not just going to like for sorry, they got picks and they got prospects. And for but for a guy like Carlson, they're going to need at bare minimum a really strong young player or someone's roster. And I don't know. And, and everyone wants to just add to their team, so. It's unless they have just incredible depth in a certain area and they can afford to trade uh, such a player. So I'm not sure if that deal is going. You know, well, yeah, clamoring. I don't think you move. I don't think you move Carlson just to move Carlson. That doesn't. That you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're thinking about rebuilding and retooling. Um, What? Why not keep Carlson? He's only signed through next year, and he came out and said, you know, he wants to get paid on, on the top of the market, which I don't blame him, but I don't know why he had to come sure. out and say it, but that's his prerogative. And I don't think Ottawa wants to pay him. So I think they look at it that, you know, after his contract ends next year, uh, he's going to be playing elsewhere, so we got to cash in on him. So... We'll see. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see yeah. to keep an eye out in Ottawa. You heard um, Hoffman's another name that's been bandied about out there. Uh, John, oh, I would I would look for uh, Johnny Aduya to get traded. Uh, he could help somebody uh, a healthy a healthy and I put that in parentheses a healthy Johnny Aduya could really help someone's uh, back end on defense for sure. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, may, uh, maybe they're Bobby not done Ryan, yet. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was another. I heard another crazy rumor dealing with him, which I won't even mention. But it's hard to believe with that contract. Yeah, he's not going anywhere with that contract. So um, Johnny Oduya is the guy, and, and it'll be interesting to see from a Pittsburgh standpoint. Um, will they, you know, try to pick up a defenseman uh, to give them a little a little depth since now they lost Ian Cole? But there's not a lot of defensemen. Uh, on the market, uh, and the ones that are are not going to be cheap. So uh, 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 that that kind of thing. So real quick, and I feel like I'm talking too much here. So this is who I have. Let's start with these two classes. 
group one, players that definitely will be moved. And, you know, of the cream of the crop, if you will. You got Nash with the Rangers. You got Evander Kane with Buffalo. You got Mike Green with Detroit. And you have Patrick Maroon with Edmonton. I mean, you can. I mentioned before about Johnny Oduya, but I'm not going to put him on that level with these players given his age and all that stuff. So that, to me, is the cream of the crop of players to, that will be traded between now and the deadline. Um, who, who on that list? To, to all, I know you're not the biggest Kane guy, but who on that list uh, really excites you if you were a contending team? I think it's a weak trade class, to be honest with you. I'm not. Uh, uh, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to look at it from a fit perspective and where they land. To right. Kind of, kind of do that. Um, look, every, everyone's looking at Rick Nash as, as the blue chipper here, but. You know, we're, we're 50 games into the season, and, and everyone's saying that it, uh, if the team needs offense, you know, he's got 28 points this year. Um, 18 goals, which isn't bad, but um, – and so, you know, offensively, Kane is probably the guy most likely to get, give you offense to boost out of that group. Um, it, you know, Mike Green might be the steal if, if you want to go through that list. If someone can – pick up Mike Green and he can help the power play for, for a group, um, eat up some men on the back end, then, you know, think, depending on what hole he's filling and where he goes. I think he's going to want that's back not a, Washington. You know, that's, that's not a bad, a bad fit. You know what I mean? Sure it does. And I think, I think he'll, he'll do good there. And I think the Sharks will get one of those three forwards. Yeah, they've got to be in the market. Got to get one of them, and I don't know I what they're the waiting Sharks, for. They need I, to. Uh, I think the Sharks. They and need the to Blues go. Are gonna get, I think the Sharks and the Blues are going to get one of those three forwards. They, they will get each will get a player from that list. And by the way, in terms of what it's going to take, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I, I guess I will. <laughs> uh, what I've been saying for the last month. For these kind of players, I said the market. Value, we were talking about how crazy the asks the asks have been for the from the sellers. Yeah. I said at the end of the day, yeah. these players are going to get moved for a second round pick and a good prospect. And what happened the other night, and we'll get it. We'll dive deep into this trade when Chris Wassel comes on. Is Michael Grabner went to from the Rangers to the Devils for a second round pick and a good prospect. So to me, that is the, the, the market. Yeah, and oh, oh the, by the way, uh, last week's show we, when we talked about the Flyers and Brian Elliott being out and Newworth, and I said, well, he could do the job, but can he stay healthy? You know, long road to go. <laughs> he couldn't last 24 hours, and they pick up Peter Morazic. <laughs> so, uh, you know. So uh, anyway, and then Group Two. And speaking of the Flyers, they just pumped in. Yeah. They pumped in their second goal of the morning. They're up uh, to nothing. And who are they playing? They're up two nothing. Yeah. Say again, Mark. I I couldn't hear you there. Say again. They're playing Ottawa. Mark. Ottawa. They're playing the Senators. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, okay, very good. Now the second yeah. group. And this so. is where it gets a little bit more sexy in terms of the trade deadline because these these guys could get moved, but they very well may not because 
the, 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 the price is going to be considerably more, and, and the teams will not necessarily feel like they have to trade up. And that's Ryan McDonough and Matt Sukuroa with the Rangers both signed through next season. Uh, Nicholas Harmelson with Arizona uh, signed through next season. Antti Ratna, who they're not going to just give away, even though he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and even though they just picked up Darcy Kemper from your Kings and signed him to a two-year extension, mm-hmm. it sounds like they would like to re-sign him, so uh, they're not just going to give him away. And Max Pacioretty would be the other name. I didn't include someone like Carlson because, uh, you know, I, I think that's like, I don't want to say part in the sky, but I think too many things are going to ha- have to happen. But these guys are very much out there. Uh, again, they may be traded. They may not. I think it's depending upon the team. I think the Rangers, are uh, as long as they're getting good value, I think those guys could be moved, especially like it seems teams are really stepping up for McDonough. You hear Toronto, you hear Tampa, you even hear Florida. Uh, you hear a lot of teams making a big push to trying to get McDonough. Um, Palmerson would be a great pickup if someone can land him, but Arizona's been known to be uh, stingy at the deadline uh, when it comes to their prices, uh, what they their perceived prices. Remember, they did not trade Radham Vavada at last year's deadline because they demanded a one, teams offered a two. They wouldn't do it, and he left as a free agent. And Pacioretty, you know, it's hard to figure out figure who's also signing through next season. Hard to figure out what direction Montreal is going to be looking to go to. So uh, of that list, sir, who, who jumps out at you that you really like? Well... Again, I think I think overall the teams, the the players that are being bandied about, um, I think there's going to be some surprise moves. Like, um, okay. I, I didn't see Knight, I didn't see the Knights getting involved to bring in a, a, a Ryan Reeves type deal. I think we're going to see a few of those. Um, you know how I, how big I am on on bringing Stanley Cup experience to a team. Um, that may not have any of that in the locker room. So if if somebody needs needs uh, get a little bit veteran presence, you know what you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Nicholas Homerson to the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you like that deal? Yeah, it's just a question of what you know what the asking price is going to be on. You know the McDonough asking the McDonough price is not going to be cheap, but it seems like teams are willing to. There seems to be enough traction out there that they're not just kicking the tires. They're they're being aggressive, and I would just just from everything I've read, both locally and nationally, I'm gonna give it two to one for that McDonough gets moved. Um, mm. uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Zuccarello Zuccarello I think would be a good pickup for the Sharks. By the way, uh, also yep. only a four and a half million dollar cap hit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, I, I like that. But Harmelson, the only thing is Arizona can be a little bit of a strange duck when it comes to trades and stuff. And in one regard, sure. uh, you know, I know they they got a little bit pounded about the trade they made with the Kings, uh, giving up a young guy like uh, uh, Thomas Reiber. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Arizona, and is Montreal really going to do a sell trade? Because 
if they're going to trade Patch Ready now, especially with the season that he's had and he's only signed for one more year, um, it's going to be it's going to be a futures trade. And like you've said in the past, I can see them they're going to want to do a, a trade where uh, they they change things up and maybe they pick up a center uh, for Patch Ready and. I just don't think anyone's going to be willing to do that. I, I could be wrong, um, but we'll see. No, I'm with you on that. It seems like the Florida, it seems like the Panthers are a team to watch out for to make an, uh, an aggressive move, which you called a couple of weeks ago, sir. Yep, yep. I think I think they think they're in it. I think they've been playing well enough to. Oh, they're they definitely believe, in it. But, but yeah, absolutely. So I, oh, I let's think face that's it. Their, I mean the. the, the the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes, who you know were all fighting for that last spot. I mean, uh, they're playing at best 500 hockey, probably worse than that, the last month. And Florida's been on a roll, and now Florida, I think, is only five points behind the playoff spot, but they they have games in hand. So uh, depending upon what they do with those games in hand, and and we'll, you know we'll we'll see. I, I would be careful if I was Florida in terms of the futures I give up uh, to land some of these players. Because quite honestly, if they give up a bit, a pretty strong package and they land, you know, even if they make the playoffs from that trade, you know, I mean, I don't like their chances against against the Tampa in the first round, uh, if that's who they, sure. they would line up with. But, you know, maybe they do. I, I don't know. I would be very careful. I mean, a team like Tampa – I to- I totally get it uh, in terms of a go forward mode, in terms of McDonald. So I don't know if Toronto is going to have that appetite. It's going to be interesting to me. Is where does Toronto feel that are they? Do they feel that they're a true contender? You know, uh, that's going to dictate how aggressive they are in terms of uh, going after a McDonald. Obviously, Tampa feels that way, and they're going to be. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not saying they're going to write a blank check, but they're going to be aggressive because they believe in their team, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't see them needing much. If they going back to to Homerson, um, adding just a little bit more right there, might be all they need to do. Yeah, but is Toronto going to be willing to give up? A first round pick and no, no, one of their really good prospects. Oh, okay, Tampa. I was talking about seems Tampa. Like Tampa's zeroed in on, I think it seems like Tampa's really zeroed in on McDonough. That's the guy they want. But let's say if you're Toronto and the price on McDonough is too high, if you're Toronto, sir, will you give up your yes. first round pick this year and one of your really good prospects? For Harmelson. For for Harmelson? Nicholas Harmelson. Yeah. Yeah. How about a And keep in mind keep in mind Harmelson signed through next year at four million dollar cap hit, so that's not that's not bad. I mean, so you're not just getting him for the for the playoff run this year, you're getting him for this year and next year at, at minimum. I'd give a second and a prospect. Maybe yeah, a second and a fourth. I, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, you know they have a pretty good prospect pipeline. Uh, Toronto does. I think if I, I I think they could afford to give up one of those kind of guys. 
uh, maybe IDT. not their best prospects. I'm not saying that. Maybe like a Jeremy Bracco out of Long Island, New York, uh, who's in their system. Uh, <laughs> played for Team USA uh, uh, yep. a couple of years ago. Um, but I think they're going to want a first. I think because Humbleson signed through next year, they're going to want a first. That's, 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 cool. that's, as I said, Arizona can be stingy. Now, keep in mind, at Toronto's first – now, keep, remember this. Toronto's first-round pick, even if they lost in the first round, is going to be somewhere around the 22-23 range, uh, the way they do the, the – we've talked in the past about the NHL. Yeah, how that's true. They combine the, combine the, the first and second-round losers, so where they slot in the league. Um, so keep in mind their first round picks a yeah, little, that's, that's like for instance, right now, Florida, let's say Florida offers their first round pick to someone. There's no guarantee Florida is making the playoffs. So even if they put a lottery clause in the deal and say, okay, we'll trade you your first round pick, but if we don't make the playoffs and we win and that pick wins the lottery, then we keep the pick and you get our first round next year. But even if Florida yeah, has a clause like that. They could be giving, they could be trading away the 11th pick in the draft, or the 10th pick, or the 12th pick in the draft. That is a difference between that and trading a first-round pick that's the like 23rd. the 22nd, 23rd, sure. like that. So, um, uh, and in this case, in Hamilton's case, he, like, I, like I said, you're getting him for the rest, not just this year, but you're getting him for next year as well. I, I think he would be a really good fit on Toronto. I, I do. I think so Question too. If I give you the first and a, if I give you the first and Brocco for Harmelson, you got to give me a third back. Yeah, I think if I was Arizona, I would do that. Because you know, I, right? I would do that. You got to give Arizona. me a little something back, little little depth there. And real quick before uh, yeah. Chris Wassel joins us to jump in on the New Jersey Devils, I wanted to get your take, Mister Ion Isles, writer that you are, sir, on the Josh Bailey signing that came down. What does that tell us? And and what does that do for the New York Islanders? I think it's a solid move. I mean, uh, Bailey, believe it or not, it's been 10 years since he's been drafted. Um, a lot of ups and downs with Josh. He really found his game and confidence uh, last season. He had a, his best season by far ever. Uh, I think he had um, 55 to 60 point range. It, it was interesting to me on on his walk year was last year a one-hit wonder, and he's been even better. I think he's on pace for 88 points. Uh, look, Josh is not going to be a guy who scores like 30-plus goals, more of a playmaker. I think he has 14 or 15 goals this year, um, but he has a, a gazillion assists. He's really put it all together. He's Even though he seems like he's been around forever, he's only 28 years old. So, you know, a six-year deal, someone who's 28, you you know basically buying the rest of his prime years in his career, and in this day and age, yep. at a, a cap number at five million, it's a no brainer. So I I think you know I'm okay. sure he left some money on I I'm sure he left some money on the table. I don't know this for a fact, but he's you know recently married in the last two three years has a couple a new dad within the last two three years as well. So I don't know if he married a Long Island girl. I don't know if that came into uh, he's a Toronto kid, but you know, and a lot of people reading the tea leaves that him and Tavares are very close. That you know, Josh feels like good things ahead. Also, that Johnny is gonna, John Tavares is gonna stay. I, I won't go into much of that, but I think it was a really good move for both sides. And you know, this goes into the category again. 
of, you know, Josh Bailey knows he's lived on the mound the last 10 years. He knows this team. He's happy where he's at. Yeah, maybe if he went on the open market, he could have gotten four, five, six, seven million more, whatever it was. But he says, you know what? $30 million is a lot of money. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm, you know, bingo. Let's, let's get the deal done. All right. Well, join, joining us now is Chris Wassel. He covers the New Jersey Devils and writes for numerous websites. We'll let, we'll let Chris tell us uh, all of his credentials. I know he writes for Dauber Prospects and, and, and a bunch of other stuff that he does. Chris, welcome to the show, sir. It's good to have you back. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, you feel that wind blowing? It must be the trade winds. They're, 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 they're howling Ooh. the Santa Ana's from... They're howling like the Santa Ana's from Escape from L.A. Wow. A, a Santa Ana wind reference back to my childhood. Or or like the wind that was in Vegas that blew in snow yesterday, sir. Uh, we had some 20-mile, 30-mile-an-hour winds Thursday night. And then uh, my daughter was all excited. She came home with some video from from uh, being at school and getting snow flurries and stuff. So, yeah, the winds are blowing, sir. Uh, we do have a, a trade to break down right away. Let's get right to that. Um, what do you What do you think of the deal? Did they pay too much? Was the price just about right? And how is he going to jump in and help this New Jersey Devils team in the first ever trade between the Rangers and the Devils? Okay, the first thing with the Michael Grabner trade, guys, I ha- I have to confess, I-, I I thought I thought Bob McKenzie was lying. I really did. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, the first thing you go through, you go through the April checklist. Uh, as somebody that, that, you know, does a lot of rumors, okay, fake account, no. Um, Mackenzie pulling my chain. Saw the saw the Dreger tweet like about 30 seconds later. I'm like, oh, this really, oh, they're not pulling our chain. Okay. Um, this is for what? Okay. Um, and he's now a devil. All right, so this really did happen. Um, obviously, the first trade between the two teams, technically the Devils didn't exist yet. They were the Colorado Rockies, so it doesn't count. So this this legitimately yeah. is the the first one. Um, Barry Barry Beck likes to not, you know, likes to throw that in every so often. You know, he was the first. Devil yeah, well, not without in, a hiccup. No, uh, yeah, that one almost didn't was get rejected. Yeah. A, this deal was rejected by the league before it was consummated. Yeah, um, but but here's the thing. So Grabner goes for basically what amounts to be a mid-second round pick to the Rangers. New Jersey five-on-five five scoring has literally dried up faster than any desert ever could. Uh, aside from Miles Wood and a few contributions here and there from players, it really is Taylor Hall and Nico Hishier and little else. Um, yes, Kyle Palmieri has has improved a little bit, but quite a hundred percent still. I don't believe he is anyway. Um, it's ju- it just, you, you look at how he's playing on the ice and it's like, okay, we're up to 90%. We're getting there. Um, and that's the thing. You needed a guy like Bradner. Who, let's see, 52, 52 gold guys over the last season and three quarters. And a ton of those five on five, obviously all but one at five on five this year. For a team that's dying mm. in any way, shape, and form for, for goal scoring and, and something consistent, it, it's needed. Now, 
the other variable in this too is the Devils need to score more goals than usual because let's face it, their defense and goaltending has gone to pot. We said this earlier in the year, actually, when the Devils were off to a surprising start. What would be the one problem that could derail this team? Defense, defense goaltending, and the coaching staff being too stubborn to adjust to it. Well, here we are. Um, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the Devils have basically won like six games in regulation in their last like 20. So they've been holding That's water good. because everybody else is beating up on each other, which is fortunate. Right. Uh, but at some point, you have to start winning. And in order to start winning, you need an offensive boost, and this team needed it. Travis Zajac isn't going to cut it. As a matter of fact, I still won't be surprised if Zajac gets bought out at some point um, in the summer because it's just it's not it's not working. He's his possession numbers are improving, but it's still not where you need it to be for a quote unquote second or third line center even at this point in this league. It's it's not 2000. It's not 2010 anymore, guys. It's a totally – even in just seven, eight years, the yeah, league yeah. has changed again. Um, that's why you need you needed a speed guy like Graham there. Um, there there's some concerns with this. Obviously, uh, Graham there doesn't exactly suppress shots very well. His defense is a little bit in question. But you contrast that with his penalty kill ability. Uh, he's one of the elite penalty killers in the league. Uh, matter of fact, shorthanded, he's – Sixth in the league in, in chances per 60, shorthanded. Uh, that's needed. And this is for a double team that gives up a large amount of chances and takes a lot of penalties. So if he plays about 15 minutes a night, it's worth giving up on a second-round pick and a relatively promising prospect in Yikor Rykov, which has set off its own debate. Okay. Well, let me bring in Chris. I know he wants to jump into the conversation. Chris and Chris, take it away, Chris. Well, it's only fitting because the Islanders are in New Jersey tonight. So we got the Islanders. There you go. Let's see where we're at with that. Uh, So what's the story with Corey Schneider, uh, Chris? Uh, Let's see. How much trouble do I get into this one? All right. So about six weeks ago or so, Corey Snyder came down with what looked like the flu because it looked awful light during a goal he gave up the night before. It looked like he was grabbing for his lower leg somewhere in the thigh slash groin region. Okay. So at first I thought, all right, he's, you know, maybe the, you know, out a few days with the flu, the, the, the lower, the lower body area is a little sore. Maybe he sets out a week. Okay, went another week. Uh, still out. No timetable for him to return. Not skating at all on the ice. Hmm, we got a problem here. Uh, finally, it sort of leaked out that there was a problem, you know, with with his core slash uh, groin area. This week, obviously, on Monday, he finally skated. Monday, he's supposed to practice fully. He may be back sometime next week, if not by by the weekend. There's no way New Jersey can rush him back for this reason. What for? What God forbid, guys, he gets re-injured again. And we've we've seen this with with the type of injury. See Semyon Varlamov in Colorado last year, where they kept trying to bring him back, and 
you know, injured, injured again. And finally, the third time, they said, okay, enough, we're shutting you down. If that were to happen in New Jersey, the playoffs are done. New Jersey cannot make the playoffs without Corey Schneider, for better or for worse at, at this point. It's that simple. There's no other way to describe it. Um, so the question is, what was the injury? Between you and me, guys, it was a groin tear. Can't mention that. That's just All right, talking. so I got my two-pronged question here for you. Are the Devils yeah. done making deals before Monday afternoon's deadline? And let's assume that Corey Schneider's back uh, next weekend. Um, Give me a percentage, your percent probability that the Devils will make the playoffs. Okay, I I did homework here, and I talk to the guys from sports club staff often, and they're amused. They're amused more by my injury outlooks than anything else because they just look at me like how do, there's no way you should know this stuff and I, i'm sure people are angry with you and the answer to both is yes um, but is new jersey done making deals no no they are not and if you believe a few of the rumors that are out there they're going swinging big um, does that mean that something will come of it no one knows you know, it's the old check back with me at Monday around three thirty to see what to see what actually happens. But I know New Jersey, New Jersey is still looking for at least some kind of top four defenseman and some depth scoring. There's no question about it. They are looking for somebody, and I would not be shocked if, in some kind of heel turn, there is a move for goalie depth at least through waivers saying this guy floating around that may come back home. It's, a, it's, it, it's at least plausible that Scott, Scott Wedgwood could be looked at, at again. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it just depends. It depends on development right now and what happens, particularly in the next 24 to 36 hours, guys. Um, they're not done and their chances of making the playoffs, I have it at a robust 70%. I, I I do think for better or for worse, it's going to be a roller coaster. I'm, I can't lie. This team should be able to make the playoffs. All right, Chris, before I hand you off back to Mark here. So let's assume for this conversation that the Devils are going to be the one wild card and that, you know, the Pens and the Flores and the Caps be top three in the um, in the Metro. That's going to leave this one wild card spot up for grabs between the Islanders, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and the Blue Jackets. Break down that race for me, and and who do you think uh, gets over the finish line uh, between those teams? This may be the one of the most comical races I've ever seen. It, it really, it really might. It, it reminds me almost back, uh, like the mid two thousands. Um, I think it was. It might have been '04 when the Rangers were really close to making the playoffs, and there was a host of about a host of three or four other teams. And over the last fifteen games, I don't think any team was a was at five hundred. And this could happen again. I mean, they're just going to beat the living daylights out of each other. And if one team gets hot, 
uh, it will be enough to make the playoffs. Florida is the feel-good story in all this, obviously because of what happened with Parkland and everything else, and the fact that they just got Roberto Luongo back. And Luongo, so far in his first couple starts, looks like Roberto Luongo from early last year. Uh, the the Islanders are such a mess defensively. Carolina, your, your worry is they just can't score enough. And, you know, it's like you're, you're sitting there and you go, hmm, Columbus. Columbus is having a lot of the same problems. They have one good line and they just get truck possession-wise and defensively everywhere else. So you have – What a big disappointment. What a big disappointment Columbus has been this year, huh, Chris? You know what, though? They were expected to regress. They weren't expected to regress this much. Yeah. That, that's I mean, the thing with the Metropolitan points. Division. Think about this yeah. with the Metropolitan Division. What were the three things that happened that changed this division? Obviously, the Rangers. Um, you knew Columbus was going to regress, but you never could have expected the up-and-down swings of Philadelphia. And that's, that's the fact that Philadelphia has been pretty good within the division has changed the dynamic. It, it doesn't hurt that they beat Columbus three times. Right. Five, because Columbus did get one point in overtime. That's a five-point spread right there. And if you look, okay, yeah, Columbus is nine points away, but you swing those five points, it's a lot closer. Yep. Um, you know, Washington it hasn't really – Washington didn't really regress as much as people have thought. It's more of a – you knew the team. De- you knew the team defense was going to take a hit, and now it's affected Braden Holpe. So that's a pro- that is a problem. But that's only been over the last, you know, five games or so where Holpe's been giving up four goals a game. It's rough, but you know, you get back to this re- just crazy playoff battle, and it will come down to whichever team has that last hot stretch, and. Well, do you see any of those four teams being aggressive to make a move before the deadline on Monday? We're hearing a lot about Florida and the rumor mill. Florida, Florida would be the one team that takes a shot. Uh, Colum- okay. Columbus has been very matter-of-fact about this trade deadline. No, nothing much has been said for them. You know, Carolina, Carolina is going to, God, God, Ron Francis is going to go down with the Cam Ward ship no matter how hard he tries not to. And he doesn't really have that. Montreal, I know I heard today, wanted a number one, basically a number one center caliber type of young prospect. And Martin Nekesh is not going anywhere from Carolina. They're not going to trade him right now. So that that pretty much is out of the already. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, he's the one guy that could develop into that potential 1C that they're looking for. And even that's a couple years down the road. Uh, The Islanders, look, it's Gart. I I hate to say it. I know, Chris, you're hoping for this big – no. No, it's not going (laughs) to happen. Yeah, Gart's not going to happen. And I don't think it should. I don't think it should happen. I don't don't think – this team is not – I mean, like, they're an okay team, but – They're not there yet. This is not the team – yeah. This is not the team to, you know, put some of your chips in the middle of the table for. I mean, to me, you know, if they may, I'm not going to be – I hope they make the playoffs, but if they don't, I'm not going to be that upset simply because, one, it might 
constitute change with the GM. And two, uh, if they make the playoffs, they're only going to get blown out by Tampa or Boston. Yeah, they don't. They don't match up with Tampa. They don't match up with Boston. The one team right. that they could potentially somewhat match up with is Pittsburgh. And the problem is this: they might start well against Pittsburgh, but they'll run it out of gas as that series yeah, goes no, on. And and the same thing will happen basically. And I will give Garth credit because he has a bit on record to say, "I am not trading my ones because they have two ones and two twos from the Hamnick trade. Right. I'm not trading. I'm not trading those picks for a rental. So unless someone they can get who signed beyond this year is out there and they can, you know, I, I don't expect them to make a move. Maybe they bring Matt Martin back for, and Toronto eats some of the salary to give them some depth." and reunite that line, I could see them doing something like that. But other than that, uh, I don't see them making a move. There's just not much – there's not much out there. And no, there isn't. I, I, I work, agree. I, I, I work for my NHL trade rumors of Mark Eason, and he does an excellent job of aggregating everything, and obviously with Lyle Richardson as well. And the one thing all of us have agreed on is that, okay, the Islanders really aren't going to do much. But New Jersey is a real wild card in this because they want to re-sign Taylor Hall when his extension window comes up. They they want Taylor Hall to stay. And ownership wants him to stay. And look, Taylor Hall said, I want to play meaningful hockey this year. Came right out and said it. And you don't blame him. You have not to think all, that Ray Shiro, Ray Shiro sat there, heard that, and went, oh, i got to do something. And obviously, Grabner's the first piece. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a even bigger piece coming, but you better believe that Ray Shiro is working the phones feverishly and also, while at it, is trying to get a little bit back um, to get into, if not this draft, in next year's draft, which is deep defensively. So there, there's a lot going on. And a lot. Look, my phone is almost buzzing as we speak. I actually had to turn the buzz. <laughs> I, I had to turn the vibe. I had to turn the vibrate <laughs> off. Doubt. I had to turn the ringer <laughs> off and everything. Because all I'll, I'm sitting there talking to you guys, and literally the phone's just lighting up every, like, 30 seconds. And that's, that's the kind of thing that happens two days before the trade deadline. The wrinkle yep. this year is, Normally, we're talking about this on a Monday going into a Wednesday trade deadline. It's Saturday with a 12-game hockey slate. <laughs> and then Monday, there's still, five, there's still five games on Monday. Normally, there's like just two or three, and you can kind of gauge who's right, staying, right. who's going, and it's, and it's much easier. That's not the case this year. And you have a Sunday with an Olympics closing ceremony, a bunch of other little, not-so-little events going on, that throws chaos into this completely. And then, of course, there's, well, Eric Carlson trade rumors, which you could do literally an entire two, three, four-hour show on just to go through each one at this point. Yeah, well, I wanted to, I wanted to go back a little bit. Uh, earlier in the season, mm-hmm. the Devils traded Adam Henrique for Sammy Botman, and you've had, you've had enough time now to, to go through it and watch it, you know, night in and night out. Um, kind of break down that trade for me and, and how, how you feel about that deal now that you've had a time to watch it and digest it. It's a tough, it's a tough one to digest for somebody that 
followed Adam Henrique basically from the beginning, uh, like like myself. When he, you know, from when he was drafted, and his sure. rookie year, which was magical. I mean, you couldn't. Ask, I mean, look, short of winning the Stanley Cup, you couldn't ask for a ma- more magical year from a rookie. Uh, playing with Zach Parisi and Ilya Kovalchuk never hurts, obviously, but he was he was able to hold his own in a year where nobody expected much of anything from him. Sammy Vatanen, kind of the same trajectory, excellent power play guy in Anaheim. Fell out, of, fell out of favor a little bit. His game slipped a little bit. So did Henrique's. It's kind of funny that the both of them had sort of the same problem, one because of injuries and the other because of whatever you want to call it, the case of Henrique. Just, you know, his play dropped because he kept seeing Travis Zajac somehow getting minutes when Zajac was doing nothing. I think there was a bit of a frustration there, in a sense. It's worked out for both teams, though. It really has. Um, Batten has his moments where he plays not like a top-four defenseman, and it is frustrating. (laughs) There's no uncertain terms there. But there's also nights where literally he just just is that shutdown presence that everybody needs on this team. His his metrics on a good Devils top line, because basically he's playing at this point mostly with the Taylor Hall line. And he's managed to ride things pretty well uh, to the point where his possession metrics are right around, right around Devils average, slightly above. Um, you know, there's some concerns with you know, on ice save percentage when he's on the ice and such. And he is a little bit sheltered offensively this year. But that's because they need his puck movement five on five. They absolutely do. It's the one thing the Devils lack so badly sometimes is that guy that it's not so much that he can move the puck up the ice, guys, but that he can get back on defense. We have a lot of guys that move the puck up the ice and they get caught, and that's it. <laughs> <They're> got- <laughs> Look, you know, you're just watching the guy go by, and he's about to either score or get a very good chance, and you see, like, John Moore just go, oh. <laughs> that can at least back. Um, so in, in that sense, the Devils need actually one more guy that is as good as Vatnin or a little bit better to round out that defense. Because, unfortunately, Andy Green is aged before our eyes. And – the nagging groin injuries and lower body injuries that he suffered in his career have affected him to the point where he's not he's not a top pairing defenseman anymore. It, it's painful. You don't want to say it as a writer or a Devils fan for that matter. But the time's been there for at least a year. Now you you see it where everybody sees it. So there's that, and then there's Henrique. You know, Henrique's had you know Henrique's a streaky scorer. He always has been, but he has solidified three centers to the point where now Bob Murray feels like, Hey, I can take a shot. Uh, And a few weeks ago, he couldn't say that at all. I mean, at least every, every trade deadline rumor post did not include Anaheim even I'd say even 10 days ago. And now in the last couple of days, it's like, Oh, well, and now just this afternoon, there was a bit of a peculiar call, call up by Anaheim. And it's like, well, this guy's usually not called up unless there's something going on. So 
Bob Murray's working the phones aggressively. He's trying to get in. I don't know why. I don't think Anaheim's going to go very far in the playoffs because of injuries, but hey, you never know. Um, it's The Pacific's so wide open because of Vegas, because nobody knows what Vegas is going to do in the playoffs. If <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you at all, but but the thing is this. All right. So Henrique has 14 goals in 37 games as a duck. The good news if you're a Ducks fan, the bad news is he's shooting less and less. The comical part is Henrique is actually shooting at 20%, which people thought he couldn't reach that level for a this long of a, a stretch. He shot 20% in the 2015-2016 season. So he has right. this weird knack of getting high-quality chances, just not getting that many. He was actually generating more chances in New Jersey. Uh, part of that's because of role in Anaheim. Uh, his ice time over the last 15, 20 games is about 16 minutes a night, where he was playing almost 18 in New Jersey earlier in the season. So, you know, it, it's a trade that truly has worked out for both teams. It's just now both teams realize they need probably one more big piece. And honestly, they may be looking for the same big piece. Well, all right, Chris, way, we're why just we about out of time. Oh, real quick. Real quick, Chris, we're just about well, out of Chris, time. Well, Chris, well, Chris was speaking, the Islanders acquired Brandon Davidson from the Davidson. Oilers for, right. for, for 2019, not this year, but 2019 third-round pick. Mm-hmm. The only confidence that this trade makes this trade is going to really work for the Islanders is the fact that the that uh, Gork made a trade with Peter Shirelli again. does work out well <laughs> for him. Um, Davidson's a good shot blocker. Uh, offensively, yeah, there's not much there. Um, but sure. look, the Islanders need guys that can, you know, get in the shooting lanes and do something or or, or anything. Now, Davidson's, yeah, Davidson speed wise is not that bad. He's not, he's not oaf like slow. Okay, he's not, he's not Igor Rykov slow. I'm just saying he can move. He can move the puck has a little bit more speed on, you know, on the ice. So, look, it's probably one of the you know probably Snow will make one other minor move, and people like oh he the Snow apologists will sit there and go oh he made two moves that's great, <laughs> and everybody will realize yeah they were two very minor moves or or maybe he makes right, more right, right. I don't know but but well that, Chris that's the uh, by the way buddy where they can find your stuff sir. Yep. Uh, folks, you can find my stuff over at uh, Dauber Hockey, as always. Um, you can you can also find me uh, doing daily fantasy picks over at the Sporting News. I've been doing a little bit uh, for their trade deadline coverage as well behind the scenes with, uh, with Lyle Richardson. It feels like Lyle follows me everywhere. Um, but Lyle's a good guy. how it is. He, he really is. Um, obviously, you know, doing work for my NHL trade rumors. And coming soon, guys, I will be doing injury news and work on the fantasy doctors because, well, let's face it, there is that little not-so-known secret, you know, kept secret that I I am the injury ninja injuring people since 2000. So, <laughs> yeah, do, do, uh, I apologize to Chris in advance. There probably will be an Islander injury tonight, unfortunately, because uh, I am literally oh. getting ready to go to the game in my nice little uh, – you know, devil's attire. So, yeah, I'm sorry. There we go. The, it's a must win for the Islanders. 
It really and the Devils. Yeah, it's really should be a good tilt. Should be a good Devils. That's gonna throw a lot. All right, Chris, we got to run. Thank, thank you for your time. Enjoy the game tonight, sir. Uh, it ought to be, a, ought to be a good one uh, for sure, for sure, for both time, both sides playing hungry. At least you'll get that out of it. So, thank you again for coming on, sir. We get closer to the playoffs. Um, we're gonna have you back on again. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the final playoff push so, sometime in late March, early April, if you'd be good enough to join us again. We always appreciate your time, sir. That sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right, Chris Thanks, Wassel joining us to talk about the New Jersey Devils. Um, what do you What do you think, Chris? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Isles Devils tonight. Who takes it? Well, I, like I said to you before in the uh, last week's show, uh, I, I tonight is a must win for the Islanders for a yep. lot of reasons. But uh, to quote from Godfather 3, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. So if they were to lose tonight, <laughs> the season would be over. But it would be, you know, so I, I feel like be, just because of that, that tease factor, for lack of a better description, uh, maybe it takes right. overtime so Jersey winds up. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say an uh. overtime victory for the Islanders tonight. Uh, that's the worst Worst case scenario is you're getting I, I, in front of you an extra point. <laughs> That's probably what's going to well, happen. Well, it, it's right. It, well, it's also about <laughs> you know getting uh, they're fighting with those other teams as well. So, um, and I think Davidson was a, a nice little move and giving up a third round pick and not this and not this year's draft, but the next year's draft. Uh, you know, right. we'll see what happens. I mean, not bad. Nice. It could be a nice little move. Not bad. Right. Right. Well, Chris, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, next week, we're going to be fortunate enough to have J.D. Styles back, the NHL editor for CaliSportsNews.com, and we're going to wrap up all this trade deadline talk and, and the moves that are have been made and yet to be made. He'll have some some insight on the Kings moves. They just did another one yesterday. I'm not sure I understand the Darcy Kemper trade, but um, smarter minds than me are in hockey teams, so... Um, he's really been a stalwart for them this season with quick going up and down the way he has. Um, so we'll get JD Styles take on that and all the rest of the trade deadline moves and news as, as it comes up Monday at noon, uh, make sure you, and I hope everyone, I hope everyone checks out my latest article, especially your, especially my friend, the Isles should hire Dean Lombardi to take over this team as oh. the general manager who's been rumored already to take to, to run the Seattle franchise. Oh man. Uh Dean Lombardi can build a team. Um I'm a I'm a Dean Lombardi fan. He made a couple moves. Obviously all general managers make a couple moves that don't work out. I've been critical of a few of them myself. Um, but as far as building a team and, and look, he was San Jose's first general manager, if I'm not mistaken. So he's gone through that process and he can take what he's done there and, and learn from it. Um, well, I want to, I don't think Seattle could do better than that. <laughs> and I don't blame you for I, I want, the Islanders either. <laughs> yeah. That's what the article don't blame about. You about. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he he knows how to he he knows how to cook the cook the meal. So um, yes, he does. 
Yes, so I'll give Garth, I will say this: Garth's made a lot of good moves, but it's one thing to buy all the ingredients; it's another thing to be able to cook the meal. And Garth hasn't been able to cook the meal. So anyway, yeah, so the, hope you could put all the out. you could put all the uh, all the ingredients for a gourmet meal in front of me. And and I, I heard someone do this on the radio the other day, so I'm stealing the analogy. Uh, full disclosure, but I'm gonna cook something. You know, it's probably gonna be edible. But it's not going to be the same as as if Bobby Flay sits down with the same ingredients and puts something together. Now, I'm going to probably pass on my dish and go with Bobby Flay's, okay? So, no, I see exactly what you're saying. And um, I, I'd endorse Dean Lombardi for, for Seattle myself, sir. No, But I will make sure. I will check it out and, and retweet your article on at Vegas Hockey Pod on Twitter. And you guys can go find Chris's stuff at King on Twitter. He links all of his Ion Isles articles and his Islanders content through that Twitter uh, account on, obviously, Twitter. And our shows you can find at Grandstand Sports Net as well as Russ Cohen Sportsology SoundCloud page, sportsology.com. Uh, the hockey writers, uh, thank you to them for carrying our shows. Um, obviously, our own blog talk radio site and iTunes, Vegas Hockey Podcast, all one word. Uh, parting shot, Chris. I leave it to you. Um, it's, it will be interesting to see the next less than 48 hours of this trade deadline. Let's see if there's a big surprise in there. All right, all right, and and again, we'll have JD Styles next week to break it all down for us. Always a always a great guest, full of energy, full of knowledge, good friend of the show. So uh, tune in next week at the same bat time for Chris on Mark, and we're gone.